0: Hello everyone. My name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today our guest is Andre, the paid ads manager at SenseHR. Hello.
1: Hi Christian. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you.
0: Please tell us what is uh, SenseHR.
1: So SenseHR it's uh, an HR management software built by people who have experience in both HR and software development. And this is actually their fifth product product built so far. It's not their first one. Every time they built a, a better and better one. So that's why they always dominated the market because they, they had a background in the niche. So pretty much in June, this is what would happen with SenseHR as well. They would most likely dominate the market.
0: What are the uh, older products that they built?
1: Uh, they built Simply Personnel, they built PeopleHR.com. PeopleHR was the latest one uh, and uh, it was acquired by a bigger group uh, called the Access Group from UK. Uh, the transaction is confidential, but we suspect it was quite big given that uh, people HR at that moment of uh, acquiring, they got around 15 millions of pounds in annual recurring revenue. Most of it coming from Google ads and most of it coming from UK.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And what is the biggest problem that uh, since HR solves?
1: Well, the thing is all these HR management software in software's in time, they become obsolete, outdated and each of these new products try to overcome that. For example, Sense HR tackles a thing that's uh, not really tackled in many other HR products, uh, even the biggest names in the industry, like the remote work or part-time working. Most of it is focused uh, to have employees like uh, full-time, and that's it. No remote work, no nothing, in <laughs> any other software. And, and this the- is just one of them. But mainly, they try to replace pen, pen and paper and Excel sheets uh, and uh, since HR will actually teach uh, where it's localized, like for example, in UK or US, it will teach the HR manager how to do their job in also uh, an HR perspective and also in the legal perspective, like what contracts should you issue and everything like that around that uh, that topic. You know.
0: so, so these are the main uh, use cases, HR and uh, legal, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's mostly HR management, but it also uh, includes a lot of legal um approaches in in it yeah
0: and uh, what are the best features some some interesting features that they have
1: uh well they always had they always built an expenses uh, module which is so easy to use for the employee because most employees using an hr software they don't really like using an app like that on their phone but um, Sense HR's app, uh, so far from the beta testing, it's very well uh, received by the employees, and they actually use it. Like, if you have expenses, you just can scan your receipts and everything with uh, the app on your phone, and uh, they just go to your manager to approval. You know, <laughs> to to have uh, all your expenses done like f- with a phone. You don't need anything else. You don't need to log in anywhere else in in a website or something, or from your office computer or so on. And, it's, it's really easy to use. Plus also uh, one feature that the employees love is the holiday booking because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> everyone loves booking holidays, so they can book it easily within the app. Aside of that, they have like a f- full transparency over their uh, employee account, like how many uh, holiday days they have left in that year, how many they took, how many were approved or not, as a- anything HR related or like asking for a, a file from the company to to claim that they work in there it's all done very easily through since hr
0: understand and um, how competitive is the hr
1: uh, management space who it's one of the most competitive ones in the world i know <laughs> it's uh, it's actually uh, from my perspective google ads and mainly search uh, uh, search platforms it's i think the second one after legal uh, wow. in uh, in the amount of CPCs, like easily in UK, you can pay for the keyword data software, like 50 British pounds per click, well. which is still profitable to be honest, because there's a huge, not huge, but quite big average order value of a few thousands every year. So if you do everything correctly, uh, you get a lot of uh, ROI for out of those 50 pounds per click. It's not an niche where you have something like 3000 clicks per day on a keyword if you get 100 in the entire account on like 30 keywords that's amazing every day you know <laughs> but uh with the former company they had people hr we got to spend like uh, 30 40 even 60 thousand pounds every month in google Ads search only but we got over 120 booked meetings every week every week so when an agency came and they said they offered uh, five book meetings every month for like 5,000 pounds. <laughs> I told them for half the price I can give them five book meetings if <laughs> they want. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's very competitive. It's only in UK. I think there are like 200 HR softwares, big and small. Oh. That's not, without considering the, the big US names like, uh, bamboo HR or ADP or <laughs> anyone else, it's just yeah. the smaller ones. There are like 200 at least just in UK and they're over all over the world yeah wow oh and yeah. when did you join the company uh since hr well i joined <laughs> uh, last month on the 23rd of march i believe uh with people hr i was from like eight years 2013 until 2021 when they sold it to the access group
0: well and can you tell us your uh, whole backstory
1: so how you started your career Oh, I started my career by accident, to be honest. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> like, uh Well, I was a techie my entire life. I, I was the first person, uh, private person probably, to have a computer in my hometown. Oh. Uh, and uh, I liked it. I liked it. I was curious. Then I started to disassemble it and everything. <laughs> then uh, I started to try to reassemble it back. And you can imagine that was like 1995 or something like this. And there was no internet, mostly in the world. You know? <laughs> and it, it, it was hard. I learned everything from some manuals of, the, my, or my, of my first computer, which were in German, and I didn't know German. And so <laughs> it was another challenge. And um, I was a take my entire life. But then that uh, got me and my best friend in high school to build uh, internet cafes from scratch. We bought uh, components, we assembled entire internet cafes in like one or two days, everything was set up. And we loved it. At some point, I ended up in in this US company that built a branch in Bucharest in Romania, they were called uh, sister systems, they were Mm -hmm. uh, building DVD duplicators. They were very popular at that point in USA, then they moved to USB sticks, duplicator and so on. So the US branch of sister systems said, Look, our guys are going to this to Google to learn something that they will launch, which is called Google ads. And we will want to do that. Who in there in Romania offers or volunteers to learn it? And I was like, yeah, okay, let's learn something new (laughs) once again. So I don't even remember the exact year of that. But I think there are at least 20 years since then. And it wasn't like a full-time job, you know. I was doing it for sister for a while. Then I went to other companies. I went to a e-store called Twenty Four PC. I did a, a bit of everything in there as well, like um, support, <laughs> sales, Google Ads, all of that, you know. And at some point, I got um, into uh, what was called uh, Avangate, and then was called To Checkout, and now it's called Verifone. Uh, a company built in Romania yeah. who grew really, really big and uh, in there it was my first full-time job in Google Ads. And I, it was very good for me because I started full-time with an international approach, with teams all over the world advertising, not just in my country advertising, all over the globe with different campaigns based on different uh, of, on cultural differences between uh, countries and continents and so on. So. It was quite uh, exciting, but as you probably may know, the pay- the paycheck in Romania is not that big. So uh, I I started looking for a side project. So I got to a freelancing platform and I just saw a project. I applied to it, and it was this guy from UK who said, "I'm building this HR software. It's not my first one, and I need someone." At first, I needed part time. So he offered me for like one or two hours every day. He offered me the same amount of money I was getting from a full-time job okay and I was like okay yeah that's nice and uh he was very honest with me from the start with everything very transparent with everything you know I mean my first paycheck from him was the second day after we talked like he paid me always in advance you know and uh then we started working we started working at some point he said I see you don't like your full-time job (laughs) too much anymore. (laughs) Don't you want me to make an offer uh, and uh, you can work with us remotely from Romania? And uh, I said, yeah, okay, make me the offer. I told my wife, if they give me 10% over what I get here in the full-time job, yeah, I'm going. And he offered me something like double and a half or something like this with my salary. So I was like, yes, please, (laughs) I would like to work remotely. (laughs) And here I am working remotely since 2013 and uh yeah he liked it because honestly because he told me years after that that because i'm romanian he has this farm in italy he looked for a farm manager for many years it's the kind of farm that's producing milk and dairy products and all that Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: he found a romanian guy like 15 years ago who is still the manager of his farm so he somehow trust built in his mind about uh, romanian people and um, He said, yeah, you look cool. You're Romanian Uh, and I know Romanian people work really, really hard and they do a good job all the time. So now uh, (laughs) I I, I was in this point with them remote working remotely for like eight years. Then they had, they were acquired by the the bigger company. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: So obviously I had to do something because I have two kids, (laughs) I had to feed them (laughs) on a daily basis. (laughs) So absolutely. Yeah, and um, I started looking for jobs or something and he told me, he actually, uh, the founder of HR he actually mentored me in uh, creating my own website and have my own customers and all that. And uh, he supported me like that for like six months, uh, pushing me to have my own customers and not to put all my eggs in one basket anymore. No? And uh, it was really good, uh, it, it, it's okay. <laughs> But I needed something more stable. I don't know. I yeah. I still have it. I, I have uh, my first employee working there and uh, I looked for a job. I, have, I found Lanturia. Actually, Lanturia found me. <laughs> uh, Lanturia was built in Ukraine and it was sold by the founders to uh, a person from US who moved to Barcelona. Uh, and some other investors so he told me i used people hr in the past and i so loved the the ads and everything the entire path how i found it and how, how the product was really really good and actually the cheapest on the market it has all the pluses and i want to do the same with lanteria and he told me i was looking for you for like three months on linkedin oh, wow. <laughs> yeah okay i was like yeah uh, the bad well, thing with Lanteria was, uh, I mean, it, it lasted for some months. And during this time, this guy, the CEO and the investors, they tried to uh, raise some funding and they didn't succeed. Yet. So that's why the marketing adventure in Lanteria actually ended. Uh, they will have to focus more on sales now since they don't have uh, much budget for that. So I mean, it's no hard feeling or something. I totally understand it. And then the founder of People HR, he told me it, this is destiny. Like two days after I quit Tanturia, he told me, this is destiny. Do you want to work with us full time now? We have two projects. And mm-hmm. the funny thing, SenseTech, their second product, it's actually having the development in Timisoara in Romania. He built an entire company there for SenseTech. So hardware and software, is, well, mostly software is built there. Hardware is built in Canada and uh, UK, I believe. So yeah, here I am again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that
0: that's a fascinating story. Uh so long but you explained it so well and yeah uh, <laughs> No no it's great, it's great, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. And uh you you said you have your own agency. When did you start it? What year?
1: Uh in twenty twenty one, in the summer when uh well, Access Group, the company that bought People HR, uh, they had to keep every employee. Mm-hmm. for like one year and after one year they said they have their own employees and they laid off almost everywhere pretty much like how is happening now with uh well. <laughs> twitter, twitter google and others yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> but on a lower scale so at that point i had to fight my own customers so yeah that's 2021 in reality i had small projects over the years but not something that consistent as it is right now no the good thing is um uh, we don't work like agencies and all my customers are coming, running away from most agencies who have two employees and they want to run with 300 customers <laughs> and uh, you cannot do that, you know. I mean, maybe they can in e-commerce and others, but in B2B SaaS where I focus, uh, it's you cannot do that. You have to be there every day. That's how people in HR grew and their entire growth over eight years. It's there's nothing a step back or something. It's always growing, but you have to dedicate time, hours every day. And by myself, I cannot keep more than like five customers at a time. I simply cannot work. I have to sleep, otherwise I die. (laughs) So that's why it is like a different type of agency. It's one that's eating a lot of time, but it's successful because it's
0: yeah.
1: It's it's hard to to work with less uh, clicks volumes than uh, very big click volumes like I had this customer having 5000 clicks per campaign per day <laughs> it was very easy to test anything every day <laughs> almost but uh, in here when you get three thousand clicks in a month it's <laughs> and you have to make money out of those so yeah it's so now you choose
0: uh, you choose your own customers and uh, you have your peace of mind and, uh, well, not yeah, yeah.
1: mostly yeah. they choose me somehow and it's because of that because they tried with an agency that's focused on e-commerce and they know b2c and they have no idea about b2b and how long it mm-hmm. can take for example for hr software the bigger uh, the customer is the longer it will take to sign the deal i saw in people hr deals uh, or leads that came today and they signed a, a deal one year later it took wow. one year because it, because it has to go through a lot of demos with a lot of teams and like 25 approvals of different managers it was really a big company it was tnt uk the um, delivery company. They has like they have like nine thousand employees in UK. But it took exactly one year. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and uh yeah, the bigger the customer, the harder it is it is to get all the approvals and you can imagine each manager had to convince another manager <laughs> to buy a solution. That's why we also built guides for that, how to convince your manager to <laughs> to invest in an major software. It was very useful,
0: you know? Yeah. That's super smart. That's that's yeah, a great takeaway.
1: It's it, uh Actually, uh, another reason why People HR grew it was because uh, well, Google Ads was bringing good leads. But it it started to really grow when I had to take over the marketing department and we started weekly meetings between sales, marketing, support, product, everything. Each department was discussing with marketing, and <laughs> that was the first time when we found out what actually the sales people who were facing the customers or the prospects actually need it wasn't what we thought they will need Mm -hmm. and when support uh, they they had this really really good uh, lady running support and she was amazing she created like a target response time it was like in in the fireman station or something (laughs) you know it was response time under one minute all the time to any support ticket and not automated response or something no to respond in person under one minute. Well, of course, that was just in UK because they couldn't work 24 seven, but that got us like 300 something reviews of five stars in all the major platforms like G2 and uh, all the Gardner group ones, Captera, software advice, because we asked those people that interacted with support and left a rating of amazing on intercom. We asked them for reviews in exchange of Amazon voucher or whatever we did in that month, uh, a draw for an iPad or something, but we got in a few months, 300 something five star reviews anywhere. So it was pretty amazing to work with other departments as well. And I think that that was the key. And that's the key to growing a B2B sales business, to have all these uh, clock wheels work together like an entire mechanism. Otherwise, if you have very good product, a very good pricing, you are the best on the market, but you don't have support. <laughs> you can close that business, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> put the lock on, and that's it. It won't work. It may work one year or something. It will not work forever.
0: That's super insightful. So putting yeah. all those partners t- uh, together. Wow. Sorry, I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I love the value. I love the value. It's it's incredible. Um, I wanted to ask you, why are you so passionate about B two B SaaS?
1: Well. To be honest, I, I don't really like e-commerce because, <laughs> um, because uh, probably there are too many doing that already, and uh, working in the same company for so many years, doing just that. Uh, well, I kind of like it. It's actually a big challenge, you know, to work as I said with lower volume is harder. Even though you have maybe bigger budgets or something uh, every month, but you have a lower traffic volume. You have a lower pool of possible customers out there, and. At some point, you won't be able to grow it past that point. You know, it's like you said. Just in UK, you have let's say six millions of companies. You cannot make six millions in one sales. You don't have where to do that. You know, and it's everything is tight, and it should work like with Swiss precision. You know, and otherwise it won't work. Probably it's it's, I don't know. It's it's the game or something. I I I love the game. You know, it's um, it's challenging, very challenging.
0: What has been your biggest challenge throughout the years?
1: Uh, <laughs> working with founders. Yeah, why? <laughs> founders because because uh, with the founders I work with, uh, we had regular calls, and when I say regular, I say daily, <laughs> daily calls of like one hour. Of course, not always just business. We talked politics and everything. <laughs> but uh, uh, the biggest challenge is to make a founder who is not very aware on how these uh, ad platforms work understand that what you do now uh, will have an impact and what kind of impact will have in the future near or far away future so uh, you have to educate them because they don't know they don't know how I know or how you know uh, all this. they don't know that if I add a negative keyword when someone searches for something related to the negative keyword his ad will not show or that uh, a competitor in google ads is not necessarily a, a business competitor they just bid on the same keywords but they may sell something totally different or why is it better sometimes to be on the second position in search ads for example
0: well
1: because it's uh, on the first ad everyone clicks by instinct it's the first one click you read oh it's not what i need you click back and from the second ad down below you read everything Makes sense. Well, the first guy is, is getting the biggest uh, bill from Google while the other guys are getting the leads you know. <laughs> on, on the same thing I, I I spent like one year to convince uh, the founder of PeopleSoft to to um, use Bing ads. And he was like nobody uses Bing ads. And I did some reverse engineering to show him who uses Bing ads. Technology companies that are having laptops from Microsoft with Microsoft, like Microsoft Windows, they have a security so tight, they have ISO certification and all that, and their security is so tight, they are not even allowed to replace the dis- the default search browser, which is Bing. That's those companies are pure leads for <laughs> HR software, you know? So yeah, Bing Ads works like uh, the volume is like 10% of what Google offers at most 10%. Yeah, but really cheap leads if a, lead, if a lead was costing like three years ago it was costing 50 pounds uh one or 100 pounds uh, for Google for Azure software in Bing it was like five pounds wow so really cheap compared to Google right now they do a lot of changes and it is not that cheap anymore but it's not Google expensive either so it's still good to use it you know well it's if it's a 2 b sales and it, I don't know if that niche fits your product type a product niche uh yeah it's a very good channel so convincing someone today to invest in Benghazi is really a, one of the biggest challenges i have to do yeah
0: that's uh that's all <laughs> i never thought about that so but now it makes yeah. uh, makes a lot of it sense may,
1: I, me neither i had to do reverse engineering Yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's good to ask people from time to time how, how do you stay up
0: to date with uh, the latest insights
1: Oh, I'm like uh, an avid consumer of uh, news Like for, for search ads. I have search engine journal and all these other publications very well known from outside newsletters. Uh, I go to events sometimes, sometimes I'm invited in, in some events. I met a lot of nice guys like Brad Geddes or Larry Kim, uh, and they're really nice guys outside of uh, the web, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, mostly I read a lot. I read a lot. I, I started with podcasts uh, quite recent. I, I was <laughs> listening to podcasts, just not marketing podcasts. It was my way of disconnecting from the niche, you know. And uh, but recently, I, I discovered your podcast. I discovered other podcasts as well. Uh, I can't remember right now uh, where. Ros, I, I heard Ross Simmons a few times. I saw him live, and I I saw him on YouTube quite often lately. Because he's also he's like social media focused for B2B <laughs> and uh, he's good to, to find stuff plus obviously uh, Google Google mails me a lot <laughs> like they should do and I have I probably found the only uh, good support guy in Google that actually has news and beta programs and all that for me and my customers for example I had the, the Gmail ads uh, mm-hmm. feature activated uh, in the people hr account like six months before they launched it so it was working really well he said it's uh, like a very close beta like one percent of the advertisers got it and i was lucky to get it you know and it was working really well when it was widely available (laughs) no conversion at all nothing it just spent money but when just one percent of the people had it it was working really nice like one pound leads or something like this i never saw that ever again in google
0: (laughs) How, how crucial do you think it is to, to stay up to date oh it's in your <laughs> in, niche.
1: in my niche it, it's it, it is uh, it makes a difference between being uh, employed or unemployed you know <laughs> or being well. on, on, on business or not because i think you know google ads a uh, few years ago it was uh, every agency in the world was using skags single keyword ad groups so you create a campaign which has a lot of ad groups and Normally, Google says you can put up to 15 keywords in one ad group. Agencies did one keyword per ad group and created an ad optimized for that keyword. So it was having a, it was getting a very big, very high quality score from Google. So the cheapest CPC and the top positions and all that. And if you're not up to date and you still use that and I still saw agencies doing that, well, that's not working anymore because Google changed the matching system and everything and they changed the ad types, first of all. The ad type is not <laughs> as it was before expanded text that is a responsive search ads which has multiple headlines multiple description lines and it mixes them based on what people are searching for mm. and now you have to I focus know. on a keyword team to have in the ad group not just one single keyword and uh, if you're not up to date and you don't know that you, you will say oh google is not working anymore no. <laughs> I saw that. i saw that from from uh, business founders, we tried, Oh, we tried Google ads, but it, it didn't work for us. But how you did it? And the replies were either we used an agency, but we didn't really like what they did. Or, Oh, I tried it myself. And I put up some ads and some <laughs> keywords in there and it didn't work. You just spent a lot of money and nothing, no lead. And I'm like, will you let me explain when, where you were wrong. And if they, uh, agree to that. They're usually am- amazed of what Google can do, you know, but you have to do it adapted for a B2B SaaS um, product, you know, or service. Otherwise you'll do just e-commerce. Like you just create Performance Max campaigns and you throw them there. Come on, Google, spend money <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And they will say, oh, we just got one in. I had this awesome customer from USA, mm-hmm. Well, actually the CMO on their he was also a CMO in Avangate when I was working there. That's how I got to work with him again. And they had an agency from USA who spent like $60,000 every month on Google ads for six months. They got a lot of top of the funnel campaigns built in there, like download guides, uh, on-demand webinars, a lot of top of the funnel materials in, created in there. They got like four hundred to one thousand conversions every month. It's uh, also a B2B SaaS and it's a very advanced and very expensive product. And I was like, wow, a lot of conversions. I don't know if I can beat that. And then I asked them, but how many demos, live demos did you actually got from this? And he says, uh, in six months and almost half a million of dollars spent zero. Wow. How Zero so. demos. <laughs> and he said, I don't know. People just download the guides or they watch the webinars and they never come back. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, Right now, we're working to build them a middle and bottom of the funnel strategy as well. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) They just give um, materials to people and they just let them leave. They are not even going into an audience or something. You know, you can use it. The top of the funnel audience, you can push it to a middle of the funnel or something. You know, (laughs) they didn't do anything like that. Just top of the funnel, download guys. We'll, we'll brag We got 1,000 downloads that m- <laughs> that month from Google Ads, which brought us zero money. Yeah, what's what the biggest challenge? Actually, sorry, the yeah. biggest <laughs> challenge is to to bring money back. I have to spend money, but I also have to bring money back. Yeah, sorry, makes
0: sense. What What other mistakes do such companies make when they start uh, doing Google Ads?
1: Oh, yeah, one of the biggest one that I saw is that and it's probably a very popular topic right now with all the chat gpt uh, fuzz um, it's they rely too much on google's ai for example bidding strategies we tested that in PicoHR every year we had like one month when we started their automated or ai or smart or whatever they changed the name to bidding strategies the longest time was when access group bought people HR and they insisted to test it for six months. And the result was we had, we got half of the conversions in amount of conversions, we tripled the cost per conversion compared to manual bidding. So yeah, they don't do manual bidding. Smart bidding strategy is very good when you have a very big traffic volume, like some hundreds at least of thousands of clicks every day it may work well if you have e-commerce you have uh, you can track how much a customer paid you cannot do that in a sales business you, In most, most of them are having the pricing based on uh, amount of employees per month so in any hr software is like you pay one pound per employee per month it's quite hard to make that dynamic and trackable inside Google ads. So you cannot set a target return or an ad spend or something like this, you know, to, to know that this is how much the deal will bring you. This unique deal will bring you 2000 pounds. You don't know that in that stage. They are in a very early stage when they come from Google ads. So it's quite hard to, to do that. And most people, they rely on the automated bidding and that's it. They just sit and forget it. That's how it's called, set so and forget. They just set the campaigns, let it run, and that's it. And uh, it's not good. I tested it every year. Sure, it, Google made progress. It got better and better every year. To be honest, I used a performance max campaign for a customer from US, also a B2B SaaS. Something like uh, an alternative of, of Gleam.io that's used to create contests and all that, and uh giveaways. and, and they use the Pmax campaign with a lot of uh, assets added, like YouTube videos, images, everything. It worked fantastically well. But for search, for Google Ads Search, it's nearly impossible to bid manual yeah. bidding with an automated bidding strategy, because the volume is just that low. usually. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the biggest one I saw <laughs> all the time. <laughs>
0: and uh, in your opinion, what should, uh, how should a SaaS, uh, B2B SaaS company start doing paid ads? should they hire an expert should they hire an agency should they do it themselves uh
1: well if they have a bit of experience if they did it before for a bit size, they can do it themselves the founders usually they all the startups they don't have a big budget or something to pay someone i'd rather get uh i'm biased here (laughs) because i do that for a living (laughs) but um, the advantage of getting someone that did it before is you don't get to learn on your own expense because it's a costly platform it can ruin your budget in a few clicks i saw people not adding the comma after 10.00 uh, for the 10.00 dollars and they bid it one thousand dollars per click and in three clicks they spent three thousand dollars which was their budget for the entire month so <laughs> it can happen like that sorry well uh that's why if you want to avoid mistakes and you don't want to learn on your own expense uh, probably they don't have budget for a full-time person at first but they can get someone on an hourly basis or like have a contract like set up manage report it every week or something like this you don't need someone full-time for Google ad when you get to the size of Avangate and you have Three hundred thousand dollars per month budget yeah then you need someone full-time otherwise if you want to spend a few thousands per month you you need someone like on a part-time basis you don't need the full-time sure if you get funding you can get someone <laughs> but uh, not not all the businesses are getting funded properly so yeah
0: what are the the future trends that you see in uh paid ads in google ads in the in the future as I said there is uh, is a buzz and uh
1: yeah they try to involve it more and more Uh, it feels in the past years that Google is on one hand that Google is trying to make the advertisers spend more money because they uh, change even the matching system exact match is not really exact match anymore it's like the freeze match used to be a few years ago they removed metrics like average position they remove all these things that they were, that were very useful before they change the ad types. They try to involve actually the AI more and more, even when you do manual bidding, you can use some audiences in there that can actually, okay, it's manual bidding, but you can, uh, show it in a better spot to someone that's belonging to a certain audience, you know, they, they do that now. And they didn't do it a few years ago. And they feels like they pushed the AI into more, (laughs) more into depth into Google ads. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And I don't think AI will steal anyone's jobs, they they will complete it. You know, somehow, (laughs) I saw a business, to be honest, while I was prospecting for customers called copy.ai. Okay. And I think, I think it's the first best use case of ChatGPT. Because the guy that found that it's a copywriter, he hired 11 other copywriters and they use, uh, I don't know which of these AI from, from open AI, I believe now they use chat GPT. So you, you basically can go there and order a piece of content, a blog post or whatever. And those 11 people plus the founder, they do all that through chat GPT and then they take that bold text and rewrite it. So it will be unique content and they make, that's a business of like 1 million, of dollars per month. On the average, they do a million per month with copy.ai using the AI and they do that since like last year or two years ago already. So they're not really new, but it's working. So see, it's just yeah. instead of having 120 copywriters, they are 12. That's all you know, but most likely that would happen with Google ads as well. We, We will train more on how to play the ai's algorithm because that's what's happening right now you need to be on the better spots all the time it's the same with seo <laughs> you need to play the algorithm so we'll probably get better at that at playing the algorithm yeah algorithm as well <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i have uh, one last question for you what are your favorite SaaS products that you used uh, throughout the years <sighs>
1: uh, yeah i've been a beta tester for a lot of products that are very good these days, like Unbounce for creating landing pages. I was among the first ten, I believe. Uh, And I know Oli Garner before he was popular. (laughs) And uh, what else? I I also have been in Hotjar, which I found like this is sorcery or something (laughs) to watch someone what they are doing in your website. Uh, So I love it and I still use it in most of the products. It is really good. Uh, Hotjar Unbounce, uh, what else do I use on a daily basis? uh well the google ones that i have to like analytics i like analytics a lot uh, i used other analytics products and yeah maybe they are more in depth but this one i don't know it 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 feels like even if you're stupid you can get a conclusion on what's happening on your business through analytics if it's tracked correctly <laughs> that's another uh, problem and one particular cool thing that I like. It's a plugin for CRMs. It's called J Connector. It was built by some guys in Ukraine that did this in their company. And then they said, oh, we can sell that. <laughs> and they built their own company <laughs> on that. It's actually tr- adding some hidden fields on any form and it's tracking all your data. And while for an e commerce, it may be yeah, analytics can do that for a B2B SaaS. That's a crucial product because at the end of the year, or after a few months, you can track how much money the keyword HR software brought to you. So it's not just keyword in Google Ads, it's actually search term, what people actually search for. And you see that in the CRM, although that data, what they search for the first time, for the last time, everything. So I think that's one of the coolest products I saw that solves a real sales issue.
0: Yeah. Because
1: as I said it can take even one year to sign a customer and you just, you are lost in there, you know, you, you simply cannot match what, what they searched for one year ago, unless you track it with something like this, you know, and it's really, I found it just genius, a guy that had a problem, and he solved it and that he sold the the fix to others as well. <laughs> it's really, really nice to have. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to tell us today on the podcast? Uh,
1: I don't have anything else to be honest. Uh, just if you're a B2B SaaS business, if, even if you don't work with me, uh, look for someone that did it before on that niche, not someone that did Google ads for e-commerce. Look for someone that does Google ads for B2B and SaaS. And that understands the difference. Cause to be honest, <laughs> so, it's like the same, it's like a template. Every time we work with a company and they didn't do much, The the funniest story I heard from someone that ran from an agency or big agency actually he said he, everything was created campaigns created everything and after two months he he gave them a call saying look my traffic didn't move is the same traffic like two months ago and someone in the big um, agency forgot to start the campaigns for two months wow yeah <laughs> and he said uh, uh that's how I found people run away from some agencies especially the big ones you know because the small guys like me we really try to work make it work you know <laughs> the big ones they don't really care they have a few uh they have a few people that are working and they have more people in sales to replace those customers every month so uh it's <laughs> it's natural to happen like that you know yeah but it became like a template over the years yeah so it's funny when you think about it. It's not funny to beat those customers. <laughs> for yeah. me, it's funny.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining. I'm super grateful, and uh, thank you for your insights.
1: Thank you as well for uh, having me uh, on your podcast. Have a great day.